0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Single Player Experience Podcast, the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out about the good single player games to play. As you probably heard our previous episode this week, it is indie week here at the Single Player Experience Podcast, where we are just diving into all of the best indies so far this year of 2023 so i thought to myself instead of me just um talking randomly out here into the void i would have on a very special guest and expertise in the field so to speak and that is none other than stefan galaxy himself he kills it he's he does a lot of cool things on twitch he's a variety indie streamer you can find a lot of his stuff on tiktok as well so If you like all things Indie, you should definitely check him out. But without further ado, that's a little bit about my guest. But before we dive into the show, I want to introduce this man. Stefan, welcome to the Single Player Experience Podcast. It's great to have you. It's great to be here. I really appreciate uh, you asking me to be on. Man, it is a pleasure. For the people who don't know you, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, uh, my name is Steven. I go by Stephen Galaxy
1: Online. I have a TikTok that focuses primarily on showing off indie games called Indie Nova. Um, and for quite some time now, my goal on the internet has basically just been to uh, play and share indie games with people, talk about our experiences, our favorite games, things we love about these games. And um, it's, uh, it's been a good time. Played a lot of good games. That's amazing. What's the origin story there? Why, why indie? Um, so I guess the, if, if there is an origin story, I think it's because sometime after I graduated high school, I had all of my game consoles, you know, my 360 and stuff, uh, just in like a storage unit. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have any of like my main consoles that I would play. And I had a really bad laptop, uh, that had steam on it. So that laptop was not going to run any big time triple a games but it could run things like the binding of isaac or super meat boy um and so just just by happenstance i was like one these games are way cheaper than you know 60 price tag and i'm broke and i can't play any other games so i'm just gonna play these and out of that i sort of grew a, a bit of an appreciation for these smaller titles um and around that time, there was also kind of like a big, I guess, like an indie game renaissance, Xbox Live Arcade and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of indies being put out there. Um, yeah, and it just uh, just sort of
0: stumbled out of that. Was there a particular game that made you fall in love with indies where you were like, man, this is I can't believe like games that of this nature can be this good?
1: Um, I mean, the game that I spent the most time on would probably be The Binding of Isaac. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a game that I just dumped hours and hours into. But I think Braid was the first time that an indie game felt like it was kind of a next level experience that I was like, this isn't the kind of thing that I expect from, um, you know, AAA games, even if I, you know, wasn't making a distinction between AAA and indie back then, um, you know, this this sort of five, six hour experience that sticks with you forever um, was just not the kind of thing that I was used to
0: playing. And uh, I wanted a lot more of those kinds of games for sure. (laughs) For sure, for sure, man. It's it's amazing how like for me the, by the way the game was like I fell in love with indies through Bastion. Like Bastion was one of them that Perfect. I loved. Oh man, I loved the soundtrack. I loved um, the score, the smooth like um, narrator's voice that that would come on um, and kind of like kind of just give his two pieces on what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. The gameplay was addicting. It kind of well, it kind of felt like to me paving the way for Hades and Hades is probably one of my favorite games of all time at this uh, like at this point. And yeah, I, I just I feel in love with Indies through hate, like through Bastion, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, that's the Bastion was just an
1: insane game and again, especially for the time it came out there. You know, now I feel like there's a lot of things that we can compare modern indie games to because there's just such a, a sort of saturation of those games in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time that Bastion came out, games like those weren't really common. So it, it really stood out. I mean, that's 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 a great one. That's a great. Pick.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, you know, you know, um, I want to ask you, you you do a lot of streaming. You do a lot of, um, uh, you know, TikToks and everything like that. You're all over social media. Like, what is your favorite platform that you that you like using? Um, I think TikTok
1: is probably my main platform now, uh, partly because it has the most reach I, I just have the most following on tiktok um but also the the engagement on tiktok is just sort of um it, it's the kind of thing that other platforms either don't have or are really difficult to sort of establish uh, especially on twitch discoverability is is kind of a big issue um and so i enjoyed streaming and i enjoy you know playing games and talking with chat but For the purpose of sharing indie games, it's really hard to get games in front of people through things like Twitch um, because it takes so long to grow an audience. Whereas on TikTok, you're like, you kind of just throw spaghetti at the wall and you're like, one of these videos is probably going to go viral. Um, That's pretty much what happened. I just had one video that popped off and, uh, you know,
0: since then I get to show games to a lot more people, um, which is uh, always cool. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, I want to pivot a little bit to the topic of the show, and that is the best indie games so far in 2023. So, we're at uh, roughly the halfway point in the year, a little over it now. And, you know, I love doing these type of, um, like, weekly-themed uh, episodes where we kind of just dive into a certain genre or dive into, like, the best indie games of the year because I kind of like showcasing a very specific um, thing to the audience. And, I love getting given like love to the Indies a lot. I'd probably say 85% of my podcast here at the single player experience is mostly Indie games that people should know about. I want to ask you though, what is your favorite Indie experiences this year so far? Um, Man, it's, it's always a tough one. I did do a bit of a
1: mental uh, audit about what, <laughs> what games I played this year. Um, I think one of the, the, One of the standouts for me is a game called Chia. Uh, It is a third person adventure game inspired by the real life islands of New Caledonia. Um, The game sort of, it's a lot of breath of the wild, like in some ways exploration, gliding, you know, that, that kind of open world experience. Um, But like the central gameplay feature is that you play as a character that can jump, into objects and possess them and that can be things like animals so you can take over a bird and just like fly from location to location or take over a shark Um, or you can possess like a beach ball or a bicycle or a lamppost and so you can just take control of all these random inanimate objects and it just makes traversal super fun there's a ton of collectibles outfits that you can collect Um, and it's a game that I wasn't sure how much time I was going to put into it but I ended up putting quite a decent bit of time um, and and really enjoying my experience with that game.
0: Yeah, I this is one that I haven't checked out yet. And it's one uh, that was put on my radar through. I think it was um, not necessarily the PlayStation to showcase, but I think it was the state of play that it was mm-hmm. featured on. And it looked really cool. And it kind of gave me some Wind Waker vibes. Also some Breath of the yeah. Wild vibes. Yeah. It's- yeah. I, I mean, I, I love the setting that like tropical
1: island um, <laughs> vibe and the music is great. Um, a lot of those like audio visual details are just really, really fantastic. And just the general feel of playing the game, jumping from object to object. Um, it just, it's just fun to play. Sometimes, um, I find myself not really knowing how to describe a game in a complex way because the answer is it's just (laughs) fun. It's just fun to move around. It's fun to pick up random cats off the street and just hold them above your head and then put them in your backpack and then take them out later and possess <laughs> them so you can walk around um I guess my maybe I'm a little biased um because I, I did talk to some of the people working on the game and they they sent me a little care package that had like a ukulele and a, oh that's sweet I was very happy it was, it was very cool um but you know I, I like to think this is an unbiased opinion I did really enjoy my time with that game so um, yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend that for anyone that wants like an open world experience or you've already dumped 300 hours into Tears of the Kingdom and you want something <laughs> kind of like it, you know, maybe this is the kind of thing to pick up. How um how long was it? Do you, have you completed it already? I finished the main game. There's some okay. end game content. It's a big collectible type of game, too, because it has, you know, max energy, max health upgrades, stuff like that. Um, I put probably... 7 hours into it to complete the main story, 7 or 8 hours. Um but it seems like there's a decent amount of end game content after that too.
0: Okay, okay. Is that that sounds like a media experience. Um so what's the next game you want to highlight for everyone today?
1: Um the next one, it's a really obscure title I think. It's not one that I see a lot of people talking about or I didn't see a lot of uh, you know, any, any sort of like media attention to it. It's called The Tartarus Key. What? Um it I haven't is. I've heard a, this one. It's a first-person puzzle, kind of like a, an escape room almost type game, um, with definitely some like horror elements to it. I wouldn't say it's a horror game per se. It's no Silent Hill or anything like that, but it's it's eerie vibes, spooky themes, um, and and the the fun part about it to me is that it has the sort of throwback PlayStation One style, like super low poly aesthetic. Um, so the game is it's definitely it's we'll use the phrase retro inspired. If you want something that's like really high fidelity, this is not that game. Um, But the puzzle design in it, and and again, it's more of an escape room type puzzle game. Um, The puzzle designs are just absolutely barbaric in like the best way. Um, Anytime, anytime a game makes me take out a pen and paper to solve a puzzle. I'm like, I'm committed. I'm like, this is, this is going to be one that I remember. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a tough one for sure. There's a lot of different endings. Um, <laughs> there were certain things that happened in the game that were not great. You know, certain characters that, that uh, died when I don't think they were supposed to. And initially I was like, oh, that must just be written in the story. But it's just because I failed the puzzles. So uh, a lot of different endings <laughs> depending on whether or not you can actually solve puzzles correctly. But um, it was just a really great experience too. And that's a, it, it's a bit shorter. It's like a four or five hour experience um at least for a single playthrough okay and uh to me that's almost like the ideal if i can finish a game in like two sittings that's like Perfect. that's always a positive for me <laughs> i'm so happy so that's that's a really great one too and and i know a lot of people are sort of into that you know resident evil silent hill vibe um and that definitely fulfills a lot of that it's very very good
0: so and yeah, i know it's retro inspired does it have um a retro control scheme or is it more like traditional controls
1: it's pretty traditional. I mean, it, it's a, you know, first person um, perspective. There's okay. not really a lot of complicated buttons. There's no combat. Um, it's pretty much just puzzle solving. But they are some ridiculously complex puzzles that just had me questioning everything I knew about my my life, <laughs> about the world around <laughs> me, about everything I've ever learned in school. Um, but it, it's, it's quite good. I, I really, really enjoyed my time with that game.
0: That sounds fun. That sounds fun. What's the next one on your list? Uh, the next one is one
1: that is very popular, I think. Uh, Pizza Tower. I haven't um, heard of that one. You've never heard of that one? No, I haven't oh, heard of man. that one. Can Maybe I'm just in, like the, the Pizza Tower echo chamber. Maybe <laughs> it's, uh, it's a side-scrolling platformer most equivalent to Wario Land. Oh. Um, the basic premise of each level is that you you're playing as as a as a pizza shop owner. I, I couldn't possibly explain the lore, but you, you need to collect pizza <laughs> toppings in each level and then you need to get out. Um, but usually the levels are, are designed in such a way that you go through the level in one direction and you can't you can't die. There's no lives, there's no damage. You just sort of if you get hit, you get like stunned, but you just keep going. Um and then once you get to the end of the level, it starts a timer and you have to run your way back through in the opposite direction to get out before the timer ends. And that's your way to fail a level. Mm-hmm. Um, but the design of the game is like, I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like garbage Microsoft paint core, but on purpose, it, it like looks awful intentionally, but, um, and I think initially when people see it, they're like, wow, whoever made this, does, they do not know how to draw? They can't do art, <laughs> which is fine. Maybe they're just a, a good programmer, they know how to make a, a video game, but they don't know how to do art. But the more you play it, there are so many animations, idle animations, enemy animations, weird interactions, specific things for mechanics. There's so much effort put into the game. It's pretty obvious that it's intentional. Um, and, and it's just one of these games i think what surprised me most about it is the um kind of like when you play like a mario game like an actual nintendo mario game Mm -hmm. and uh it's sort of surprising when they can just fit like one interesting mechanic after another you're just like man the the amount of expertise that has to go into crafting a game to have like one great idea and then in the next level you're just like throw it out because we got another great idea coming. We don't need that one because we're just going to do one after another, after another. Um, and this game like perfectly replicates that. Like in one level, you'll have like a grappling hook. That's <laughs> actually a chicken. In the next level, you'll turn into a ghost and you can like dash through enemies. And then another level, you'll have like a suit of armor that lets you like skate around and like grind on rails. Um, and it's just like one crazy new idea after another, after another. And, And then the the culmination of the whole game is just like this massive sort of explosion of all those ideas at the same time. And it is just, uh, I mean, it's just wild. It's just crazy. Truly the kind of thing that you have to experience to understand. I am, I'm watching the trailer for this and this looks bonkers. Like absolutely
0: (laughs) mad crazy.
1: Yeah. I love it. It's again, describing what the game looks like. It's just, it's insane and it might be it might look weird it might be hard to sell um but but playing is believing with pizza tower for sure
0: this looks like it's just a great game it it is it looks fantastic and it kind of it kind of has like a 90s cartoon vibe to it yeah it's it's i guess i would most
1: closely describe it as like microsoft paint ren and stimpy vibes yeah that's exactly what yeah yeah but um but i think that the interesting thing is behind sort of this intentionally garbage aesthetic is like a really tight game um like the mechanics for it for like momentum conservation and there's you know slide canceling and and attack canceling and like shine sparks like uh from metroid super metroid like there's all these sort of movement components that are built into the game to like promote like speed running and like expert level play And uh, so it's like fun to play. It's fun to master because there's all these super complicated mechanics. Um, There's there's all these interesting ideas that they throw together. And then it's just fun to look at. Like, you know, it's it's yeah,
0: it's something. (laughs) It's a tough sell. I can't lie. No, it's like the crazy thing is, it's like everything you say, like the trailer is describing perfectly as well, because like it is very much uh, like you said, like a almost like a smorgasbord of like different genres kind of thrown into a, like a very tight looking platformer and then you also have like all these zany ideas combining it combining into one where it feels like it kind of has a little Rayman DNA it feels like it yep. kind of has yeah it kind of has a little Mario DNA it feels like Wario it's like I love the look of this game like you you told me about this and I feel like I need this injected into my bloodstream today. <laughs> like, it's, it's just crazy. so good. And the soundtrack. In
1: general, the soundtrack is very good. But there's a specific song that plays when you get to that halfway point of a level and have to make your way back. Mm-hmm. That is, one, it's a banger. But over time, because it's you're on the timer to get to the exit again, it starts ramping up in intensity over time and towards the end it is just like pure adrenaline like crazy energy um it's it's so good it's so good
0: what what platform did you play this on by the way
1: uh i played it on pc um okay. but i did play it a lot on the steam deck so. okay so steam deck compatible okay yeah. yeah it's a
0: it's a great steam deck game this looks like a phenomenal steam deck game (laughs) this does do you feel like you can um you get a lot of play time on your steam deck like as far as like battery life for the like playing games like this um oh yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely i mean
1: i I, usually when i play something on the steam deck it's only for like an hour or two and i and Mm -hmm. i keep it charged so I, i don't usually have a huge issue with it but um this is the kind of game especially because it's like level oriented that you're like two or three levels on this it's
0: perfect absolutely bite size, perfect kind of yeah. kind of snack there yeah what i love that i'm i'm like i need this <laughs> right right now this is phenomenal what's the next game on your list man uh the next one would be dredge Oh, phenomenal game. Yes. Love it.
1: Dredge is so good. And and I think this is another game that when I describe it to people, um, because I, you know, I spend a decent amount of time talking about the games I play and um, describing Dredge doesn't make it sound fun. <laughs> you're <laughs> like, you play as a boat, basically um, a fisherman, but mechanically you're just a ship and you go around the ocean catching fish and... And selling fish and upgrading your boat, um, but there's like this this sort of Lovecraftian horror element to it as well. Um, but Dredge is it's definitely a game that's that's more than the sum of its parts. It is an eerie fishing game, but the experience of playing Dredge is something that I don't think I've had in like any other game.
0: I can't um, think of any. No.
1: Yeah the 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 sort of jump between. It's daytime, and you're going around the ocean just like catching fish casually because you want to make money and upgrade your parts and usually repair your parts. <laughs> um, and then it starts turning to nighttime, and that shift of like fear of being like, <laughs> I am so, I, I'm in so much danger out in the open at night. Um, and, and that rush to want to get back to, you know, safety, back to an island or a port. Um, but then of course the game has to throw a little curveball and be like well there are some fish that you can only get at night there are some mm-hmm. things you can only do at night you have to put yourself out there um, and so it's, it's just a really a really interesting experience um, especially because fishing I feel like usually in gaming has this sort of connotation with being like cozy right yeah when you think of like Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing and this is like you're just going to be scared the whole time you fish, which is not normal for fishing in video games. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think when I, when I got into the game, I thought it would be sort of like tongue-in-cheek humor, um, sort of self-aware about its own premise. Uh, and I, I wouldn't say the game takes itself too seriously, but it, it sort of maintains a seriousness that mm-hmm. holds up that sort of horror aesthetic um, in a way that doesn't make it feel goofy or silly, like when scary things are happening, you you don't just laugh.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's not Scooby-Doo-ish by yeah, any means. Right, right. Yeah, it is very much like, like you're saying, it, it has like everything kind of has a point and a meaning to it. And whereas like the art style kind of has um uh, kind of gives it a vibe to where like this isn't like the most serious, scary jump scare thing in the world, It, but that everything like the music and the suspenseful nature of, of everything you're playing. Like I see a shadow underneath my boat and I'm losing it. I'm absolutely right. Yeah. I'm like hauling ass trying to get to a port um, yep. be- because I know that that can either wreck my ship entirely or just basically like cost me that like a thousand dollars worth of parts that I have to kind of like repair my ship on. It's, I love this game. It's, it has a perfect nature of like being suspenseful, but also like a simulator type of game. Like mm-hmm. it mixes those two elements in a way that I I, I haven't seen a game like this. Before.
1: Yeah, I mean the the gameplay loop is just super satisfying. Um, but again, it's I think that vibe really adds to to the feeling. Um, that this game is is different and it feels unique when you play. Um, and and I like when games can sort of lean on suspense as like a form of of horror. Instead of just like jump scares, Pure, which especially yeah. in video games is pretty common, um, you know, jump scares, big, scary noises, monster chases you. Um, but games that know how to just sort of let you simmer in, in uncertainty and in fear um, and then just capitalize off that. I think it's, it's really smart. And there's a lot of things in Dredge that you might see or things might happen and you don't know if it was something important you don't know if it if it's something you did if it's a random event and then
0: you'll never see it again um and it's just uh yeah it's a really unique experience man this is it's one of those games to where like when i reviewed this um for the podcast and and for the the website i was thinking to myself i'm like this there's no indie game that's going to top this feeling this year and it's i crazy enough i felt like even though that game is unique, I, I did feel like some specialness from other games this year, but my mind always pops back to Dredge and going into the, like the red waters for the first time, like with a yep. red hue and such like that. That's something that it's living rent free in my brain right now. <laughs> and it, <laughs> yeah. it is. It is, man. I love that game.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a good one. It's definitely one I'm going to be recommending for a while. Yeah. So what's the, uh, do you have another one on your list? I do i don't know you know sometimes i find when talking about indie games the line of indie starts to get a little blurry sometimes i'll say something's an indie game and you know people won't agree so i don't know if this qualifies but i think my favorite indie game i've played this year is hi-fi rush i you know i i can see where the line would be blurred there if yeah, you know yeah. it's 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 i get it um you know, I think the 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 devs are, are it's a Tango game works. Mm-hmm. um, so I I don't know what their you know what their history is. I don't know mm-hmm. what the rest of their their games look like. Um, but Hi-Fi Rush I think is is the the standout um, I guess non triple A experience
0: for me this year. It um, it for sure feels like a double A game as opposed to a triple right, A game. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And and you know sometimes. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. You know, two two indie for the AAA games. Two AAA for the indie games. Um, but you know, if it's an honorable mention, so be it. Hi-Fi Rush is a a must-play from this year. A- absolutely, it is just it, it just an incredible game.
0: I agree with you. I love I love Chai. I love a, like eight hundred eight. I I think the gang is absolutely fun. Uh, the game itself is very fun it, it feels almost like the last airbender like level of of like humor and such like that in mm-hmm. the game like to where like there are serious stuff going on but it never feels like it's just too serious it, and i love the i love the the power-ups that you get as you as you progress through the very linear story i i think like all the way they combine all the elements of that game is just highly intelligent and different than the the horror centric games that 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 like Bethesda Studios known for.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, Hi-Fi Rush is just like, it, it's such a perfect blend of like every element. Visually, it's, it's super, um, you know, it's vibrant, it's engaging, it's dynamic. Obviously, the, the audio is just incredible. It's a, it's a rhythm-based hack and slash game, so the audio needs to be incredible, and it is. Um, but just like, it's the little details, the fact that every single thing in that game is animated to the beat you know cogs in the background or a pipe that's blowing steam everything is on rhythm um you know the, the gameplay feels fun there's all these sort of like crazy ultimate attacks and combo attacks you can do um and then like you're saying the story the characters are just great you know sometimes it's it's difficult for a game to do both really well and mm-hmm. uh, i think initially going into hi-fi rush no offense to you know games of, of this nature but I was like, it's probably not going to be the kind of game that I'm watching every cutscene necessarily yeah, <laughs> if I'm trying exactly. to get through it. Um, but, but it's it's great. You know, the, the characters are great. The voice acting's is great. Um, the humor is actually fantastic, which is another thing that I find sometimes games struggle with. Um,
0: but yeah, it, it's just it's just an incredible experience yeah for sure and i love the fact that it's different it's different from anything else i've played this year it's Mm -hmm. it feels very linear whereas a lot of games this year went very open world heavy and such like that this game also feels like it has a lot of elements from other like historical historically great titles that i really liked i can see some devil may cry in this game i can also feel some kingdom hearts vibes and such so yeah i got got big beautiful joe from it which is a a that's
1: a that's a super throwback it 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 feels like a 2005 game made with the technology of 2023 that's 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 the quote of
0: the show because i feel like that (laughs) entirely i really do and it's and it's great to get games like that you know yeah it really does it really is i so I want to ask you, though, um, you know, before we continue on with your list, do you feel like any of the games you've named so far is the best narrative that you played this year in the in the indie landscape? You know, it's a tough one. Um,
1: There there I, I have a long list of games to play this year. There are a lot that are very promising. Mm-hmm. Um, As far as narrative, I don't necessarily think any of my standout indies of 2023 um really nail that narrative element necessarily like to, to a high degree. Yeah. Um like Hi-Fi Rush is of great experience. Um, but the story is not really the thing that makes me think about it all the time. It's a it's a good story, right? It's a it's a serviceable yeah, it's story, but it's not um, you know, it's it's not like a a shadow of the Colossus, or a, Like a limbo type thing. Mm-hmm. Um and, and ironically enough, I feel like the second half of 2023 with games like um goodbye volcano high and venba and oxen free 2 um there's like there's so many big narrative games that i'm looking forward to um and i guess there is one that came out earlier this year that i haven't gotten around to called a space for the unbound that so i've heard good. very very good things about Yeah, um so like i have a feeling that one would be my pick if i had played it
0: <laughs> but, you need to play that one because they that you know, that between like, um, I think it's to- um, Toegi Productions is the one who made that one. Mm-hmm. Like, they are doing phenomenal work this year in the Indiescape because I'm like, they did that, and I think they, um, they also did Coffee Talk, um, yep. too, Hibiscus and Butterflies, like mm-hmm. two, which, really which I have good, played that, and that's that's great. Yeah, two really good narrative centric games. Um, also two games of uh, that are telling very good like, um, games that that feature like very diverse. Like a very diverse um cast of characters mm-hmm. and also like the soundtracks for both of them phenomenal, especially Coffee Talk. Yeah. So yeah.
1: you know, I've got a lot of story games on the on the horizon, I think. I, I hit a bit of a road bump through the year. You know, I I I'm I pride myself as a big indie game person, um, but I'll play anything that I enjoy. <laughs> and Tears of the Kingdom and Diablo 4 were a bit of a there were there were road bumps in my my backlog for sure, where all of a sudden two months just had to get deleted from the year, <laughs> and I couldn't play anything else. But we're we're back on schedule. There's nothing big coming out. Um, you know, Silk Song got delayed till next year. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's Alex, man. It's, man, that sucks. that was a so shame. But um, you know, so I don't have to worry about <laughs> dumping a month into that or whatever. Uh, so yeah, but there's 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 always more to play.
0: So I want to ask you, like, outside. Uh, I know this episode's in, in like indie focus, but o- outside of the indie games, what is your overall game of the year this year? In a year that's probably, I would argue, the best year in video games of all time. It's been a pretty good one. I can't um, think of one better, man, if I'm being <laughs> honest.
1: I, you know, again, I, I, I like to pride myself as an indie game person. Um, but I am also a normie.
0: Yeah, and you're human, man. Tears of
1: the Kingdom is just like everything for me. I, I was under the impression that Breath of the Wild was one of the best video games ever made. Um, and it's hilarious that the one game that could come out to make me find flaws in Breath of the Wild was just another Zelda game. <laughs> and it, it's like every idea of, of Breath of the Wild just like fully realized. Um. And I think, you know, it sounds a little corny, but I, uh, you know, when I was young, I played a lot of games on like my Game Boy, um, you know, Game Boy Advance, but I didn't have a home console for years and years and years. And the first game I played on a console that was my console that I could sit down and play was Wind Waker on the GameCube. Oh. And that sort of open world, big adventure experience is like always something that i'm interested in it's always something that i'm looking for um and it's hard to replicate that as you get older and you know how technology works <laughs> and you know how games are made you sort of see the the limitations of what people can reasonably make right that that sort of yeah. um like childlike wonder of of what could actually be in a video game goes away
0: and you see the wizard behind the curtain
1: right right and i think <laughs> tears of the kingdom breath of the wild to some extent obviously but you know more so tears of the kingdom um is just like it's just like wonder it's just like imagination the entire time it, it's it's just crazy um so yeah i i think it would probably be tears of the kingdom for me this year
0: <laughs> that's great man you know i i I, I've said it before on on this show. It's the probably the most controversial, like hot take. I'm not a Tears of the Kingdom person. I'm not a Breath of the Wild person, if I'm being honest. But like, I, I, I get, get it. I can see why the game's amazing. Like, I I objectively can see the greatness of those games. It's just like I have a hard time connecting narratively to the those type of games. And then, sure. I, yeah, and then like, I also you know those were both my two first Zelda games. So I have no nostalgia towards the series at all that's that's
1: that's fair you know i mean they're um i think it's it's interesting when i talk to people for as much praise as these games get sort of universally Mm -hmm. i feel like most people i talk to have never finished at least breath of wild um a lot of people (laughs) just haven't finished it because it is a massive seemingly unending game sometimes um and the commitment to be like yeah just sit down and just play you know, 150 hours of, of a single player story game that's not designed to make you addicted the way that like a lot of these live service teams are it's a, it's a tough call
0: um so i i i get it you know but um but yeah but I, yeah it's, it's, I, it's my yeah <laughs> for, for me it's more like i i have a i'm a huge story centric gamer and like i had a hard time connecting like with any of this story and the characters of those games versus like uh when i see like a game such as like the spider-man game which is like spider-man or Mm spider-man miles morales those are way up my alley because they they tell a very personal story or or like uh i'm also huge into comic books so i'm like they tell a story i'm overly familiar with or at least a, a modification of a story i'm familiar with versus like tears of the kingdom breath of the wild i have no connection to who's this man pig running around? And why do we have, like, why is he doing this really so bad? I'm like, I, I kind of could get it, you know? So. I,
1: I would certainly say that the narrative is not the strong suit of <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, it's, I think it's better than Breath of the Wild story. Oh, for sure. That's not a huge bar, unfortunately, either. Um, But I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, last year for me, I felt like, um, I felt like last year was like the perfect example of the, the, the exact dichotomy yeah, with Elden Ring and God of, God of War Ragnarok, where one is just like it's like gameplay is the like the selling point, and it feels like you're like wow, forty five years of video games have led to a game with these mechanics, and then the other game is still like forty five years of games have led to a game with this story. Um, so I I, I get it, and they're and they're both incredible. Like I, I I love both of those games. I I love God of War Ragnarok.
0: Let's um, say so Same. i get it i get it yeah that was that was my game of the year last year for sure with a bullet point but yeah and and the crazy thing is it's like i do like open world like you know, choose your own adventure exploration type of games like i'm looking forward to starfield uh which is a game initially when they showed um footage for it was a game i was just like this doesn't quite seem like a modern day um modern day uh, like rpg that i'm really excited about now i'm like I'm ready for Starfield. Uh, <laughs> man, I'm ready. After that lady to showcase, I'm ready for that. Yep. I
1: I am I'm super excited for Starfield. Maybe a bit concerned that my PlayStation is
0: going to explode when I put it in, but um we'll see. We'll see when the time gets there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I want to um so on the indie landscape, what what are you um feeling is your indie game of the year so far? I think um
1: I think Hi-Fi Rush Okay. With, with an asterisk and then if <laughs> not that probably dredge um i did today i i installed uh the game dave the diver oh i'm which, here phenomenal thing yeah i know nothing about but i've heard nothing but great things so i'm excited to go in i that i don't know anything about this game so um you know maybe maybe, maybe this will be my game of the year and I
0: just, I just missed saying it by a couple of days. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing phenomenal things. It, you know, we talked about um, Pizza Tower having some of that chaos. I sort of see mm-hmm. some of that chaos in Dave the Diver, as far as like just a goofy, goofy game. I'm um, like, I, I see that kind of element in that game as well. So I'm, I'm gonna probably play that this week as well, and, yeah. and sort of try to see it what without all the hubba Baloo and hype is about there. I'm, I'm very excited to try it. Yeah, so I also want to ask you: Is like, do you kind of feel sorry for indie games this year? Like, I know like we've had phenomenal indie games, but like the triple A landscape has been so damn good this year, it sort of feels like they're getting overshadowed more so than usual.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's there have been a, a a few pretty big standouts between um between Zelda, Diablo, um resident evil 4 remake came out mm-hmm. this year there was the star wars game we're gonna have spider-man um starfield it's it's gonna be metroid came out this year yeah, as well. yeah yeah oh man um it's it's gonna be a rough one and and it's it's a shame that um sort of the the more that there's this drive to find like and maybe this is this is sort of a, an antiquated idea but i'm like the more that there's this, this desire to to validate indie games as just other video games Mm -hmm. the more that you have to accept that there will be years where celeste is nominated for game of the year the same year that god of war four came out yeah and it's not going to win game of the year (laughs) you know um and you you know if you want to make the distinction which you know is is understandable um you know that's one thing but but some of these big triple a games it's 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 hard to find a year that's slow um and this year is more than not slow it is crazy how many huge triple a games are coming out so
0: i have like i said it before during this episode i don't think i've ever seen a year like this like i i know people say 2000 i think 2004 was a good year for games 2007 you know some people say 2017 was an excellent 2017
1: year 2017 is the one that comes to mind cuz i think that
0: was breath of the wild mm-hmm. mario
1: odyssey persona 5 horizon um. yeah maybe Hollow Night is that 20 some some maybe it I was just shy but is. yeah yeah I mean that was that was a crazy year and I think we're we're there we're like pretty close to there and we're halfway there
0: i was about to say we're we already got like games where you could almost put like oh this is like this is the the like the equivalent of that game this is like the equivalent of that game this is like the equivalent of that game and we're only at the halfway point man yeah. that i and we still haven't had the forzas of the world the horizons the spider-mans like and then two mario games from nintendo coming out this year that yeah. i i don't know i don't know if i've ever seen anything like this yeah it's 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 pretty crazy
1: i mean it's great because you're (laughs) never we're never gonna be (laughs) bored this year but no um, but yeah it's it's tough and i think um not to disparage any of the indie games Mm -hmm. that have come out by any means but i think in general it's sort of tilted a little bit to where a lot of these big triple a franchises again Zelda, Resident Evil, Mm -hmm. Star Wars, Spider-Man they're getting their games this year and a lot of these sort of established indie game titles are not releasing like we're not getting Hades 2 this year we're not getting Silk Song um so it's kind of like new stuff that has to compete with like these like
0: monolithic titles just like one after another so it's it's tough but you know you're right and i mean the her like they also have a marketing budget that's unreal and unrivaled right. as well so i'm like it right. isn't a fair competition by any means it's just one of those like the nature of the beast so to speak but it is one of those to where like i you know like hopefully and this is me being hopeful for indie games next year hopefully this is a case of like all the studios have blowed their major load this year and like and next year maybe some babies will get a chance to like maybe there'll be like a lull where like a stray was able to like really feast last year because there was kind of like a lull in big triple-a games you know
1: right and for sure 2023 is the year triple-a games ulted yeah and hopefully 2024 they're on cooldown and we can get our our Silk Song and
0: our Hades too, and
1: show like some
0: that, love so. to those. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Okay, so um, one of the questions I I had here um in the write up leading up to this episode is like, I wanted to see what your most anticipated indie games are. Like, do you have that one indie game that if they said, oh, this is actually coming out like this year in December, like your your year is completely made.
1: Um, well, I might have hinted towards it a little bit yeah. over the past like five minutes, but um, I would do anything for Hollow Knight Silk Song <laughs> right now. I would commit just a never-ending stream of crimes if that meant that I could play that game. Um, Hollow Knight is one of my favorite games ever, period. Um, I am super excited for Silk Song. For the record, you know, just mm-hmm. a, just a for legal note, I accept and appreciate that the developers need time to make the game at the quality they want it to be and they're not rushing it and Mm -hmm. i think it's good i think even though you know setbacks and and changing release dates can be annoying and if you're a fan you're like but i want the game now i get it um but at the same time you want the game at its best and you know you kind of have to respect the devs so i i make jokes about it being delayed but i get it you know that being said uh yeah, I would do anything <laughs> to play <laughs> Hollow so song. I
0: need that game. Um, yeah, it, it's it's. I, get I, don't, it. I don't even know what else to say. Yeah. I get it. I I feel the way same way about Spider Man too, man. I need that game like yeah. bad, like bad, and it's it's. For with Hollow Knight, I'm sort of glad because like all these delays make me feel like there's not gonna be that argument that it's just more Hollow Knight. Like right, which is um I, I always hate the the it's just more this, it's just more that because I'm like, if it's just more of a game that most people love, is that really truly a bad thing, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I am uh super anti like this this idea of like oh this this game i mean it's a big i guess a big thing with with triple a games that mm-hmm. um people say like oh it's like 60 dollar dlc like yeah. ragnarok is just god of war dlc or um tears of the kingdom is just breath of wild dlc and i'm just i mean it, first of all it's just not true but even if it was true if there was a world where you're like we're selling a dlc expansion for 60 dollars, and it's just like 70 hours of content i'd be like that's fine <laughs> that's <laughs> that seems like a totally reasonable price <laughs> i think um so yeah i mean i i i don't get that um but i mean from what we've seen of hollow knight it looks like they, they are definitely putting effort in to, to sort of have um a unique experience within that same world and everything i've seen looks great i expect the game to be really good um maybe i'm i you know we all know what can happen when you set your your expectations too high yeah. <laughs> you know I, I own no man's sky but <laughs> um I, I have faith in, in, in team cherry to release a really really great product and then from that I'm a huge Hades fan as well when I saw the Hades 2 trailer oh, I lost my mind um it looks incredible so that's that's another no-brainer
0: i i want to play that game so that <laughs> i'm right there with you i hades with the hades two with a bullet point is my day one i might take off i might take the week off from work and just play hades two. Yeah. like <laughs> yeah. that, that's how much that game means to me man i i'm right there with you so i i gotta ask you um you know i got three last questions before we go from this episode and the first of the three is are you ready because it is time for our pro nerd trivia portion of the show where we asked our esteemed guests five different cat five different questions based on five different categories now i don't have any i don't have any say so what what questions pop up is randomized so everyone bear with me and help him along this journey give him all your well wishes throughout this endeavor because it is the hardest thing he's ever going to have to experience this is pro nerd trivia are you ready, Stefan? No, let's go. All right. Here <laughs> we go. Our first question is in the realm of Pokemon. Pokemon? All right. So Pokemon Gen 1 specifically. Are you familiar with Gen 1, by the way? Absolutely. Okay. All right. This is this is good. What Pokemon does Nidoran evolve into?
1: Just just Nidoran?
0: Just Nidoran, yeah.
1: What um gender Nidoran? Oh, I like that. I like it that. Could no. be a little Nidorino or Nidorina.
0: Yep, and we'll I like that. That it, the question specifically goes with the male variant. Okay, that would be a Nidorino. All right, he got it. He absolutely got it. I love the fact that you already knew to specify. I love that. I I I'm 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 a real one for for Pokemon. <laughs> I I'm, I'm there i feel you i feel you all right so our second question is in a galaxy far far away because it is star wars are you familiar with star wars good sir i've, I've frequented a star wars from time to time okay all right all right so what was the name of anakin skywalker's padawan Ooh, uh ahsoka tano name? He got two for two, ladies and gentlemen. He is on a roll, like Cottoneal. Shout like, out to um, Rosario Dawson for her upcoming Disney
1: Plus show. How excited are you? I'm pretty excited. I am too, man. Yeah. I'm really,
0: excited I really too. like the, I really liked her in the Mandalorian. So I loved, I loved that cameo. Um, I look, you know, like for the most part, I'm liking what they're doing with the Star Wars shows. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, think Boba Fett was hit or miss for me, but I do, I, do I like- loved
1: Andor. I oh, I
0: phenomenal. oh phenomenal. Oh phenomenal. So good. Like my you know, andor reminds me of my favorite Star Wars movie now, and that's Rogue One. And mm-hmm. like I love Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, I love I love a, a Star Wars movie or show told like it's an actual war. It's
0: a, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. All right. So our next question is the category of the Cape Crusader, that is Batman himself. All right. Okay, okay so okay. we're we're confident in that one. All right, here we go. Who is the second Robin? Who uh, later... Oh, oh okay. go ahead. No, no, well, oh. I, I don't want to get it wrong. What's, what's the whole <laughs> question? What's the whole question? All right, so who is the second Robin, also known as what name? Uh, Jason Todd. That is correct, sir that is correct. All right, so you got the second robin. For for just fun and giggles, can you give me the third as well? Uh Tim Drake? Yeah. That is
1: absolutely correct as well. And All then right. there's 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 a a it's it a gets girl, fuzzy. Stephanie Brown mm-hmm. is in there somewhere and then there's a Damian Wayne somewhere in there.
0: Kelly? Is that the Oh yeah, from the Dark mm-hmm. Knight returns. yeah. yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay, So you know you're Batman. No bonus (laughs) points for those. Just just flexing. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. So the next category is in, oof, in, more the land of Lord of the Rings, Uh Middle Earth. Uh oh. This one is our second lowest, second lowest category that people struggle on. So like, gonna be a tough one. Yeah. This is it's always a tough one. Here we go all right who is responsible for healing mary of the black breath oh boy how familiar are you with these movies and and lore and all that well the answer is
1: not at all (laughs) okay (laughs) i am am not very knowledgeable about lord of the rings ironically i guess just that Side note, I'm not stalling for time. But it's yeah, really go ahead. Re- relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I work. Uh, my day job is working for a, a trading card store. Um, and so we specialize in like Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. and Magic the Gathering's newest set is Lord of the Rings. So I've actually seen more Lord of the Rings <laughs> stuff than I've ever interacted with in my life in like the past two months. Um, but that doesn't help me know what the characters are. No, not at all. Did you watch any in the movies? You know, in a in a time long ago, <laughs> it's been movies. a while. It's, it's been quite some time um, and I've not revisited them. I mean, I thinking is not going to get me any
0: closer. OK, so I want to just say Pippin. All right. So the it's going to be an answer. All right. Who is responsible for healing Mary of the Black Breath? Your answer is Pippin. That is incorrect, sir. It is Aragon. Aragon, Aragon, Aragon. Oh. All right. So you have gotten three right and one wrong. Now, let's for our fifth and final question, we like to give you a choice between category A or category B. Okay. Which one would you like to choose between? Um. Let's Let's go with uh, A. A. Okay. Your category is in Nintendo. Okay. Nintendo. Okay. All right. So. All right, here we go. This one might be a little bit tricky. We'll see Uh if you can get it correct here. All right. What is the first game with Princess Zelda as a playable character? What is the first game with Princess Zelda as a playable character? Um... Hmm. a game i've never played before
1: my my guess is that it's a zelda cdi game i'm thinking i don't remember the exact names of these though i i my guess is a legend of zelda i don't even know if they start with a legend
0: of zelda wand of Gamelon. wand of Gamelon is correct good sir okay. Wand. All right. Got... <laughs> all right i didn't even know that was a game if i'm yeah. being honest
1: ruined by lord of the rings terrible yeah
0: yeah would you like to see the road not taken and see what the sure. other path was all right the your other path was in the realm of xbox it was xbox trivia and, interesting yeah yeah xbox trivia and the question oof okay the question is can besides Marcus Phoenix, can you name another main character from the Gears of War franchise? Um,
1: am I allowed to just say Carmine? Carmine, <laughs> I think
0: Carmine. Is-
1: <laughs> just I say would- Carmine. We got train We got Carmine. Yeah.
0: We got a uh, Dawn. All those would have been correct. Yeah. Okay. okay. All those would have been correct.
1: Carmine was the one who died at the very beginning, wasn't he? Yeah, I think there have been like three Carmines and like, yeah, they all died. Like, yeah, they
0: all just die. They're like the Cartman of the series. That's, that's why they? I'm like,
1: you know, I think I can yeah. hedge my bets and just say Carmine. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. For sure. All right. So you've gotten um, you got four correct. You got one wrong. Unfortunately, not in the Pro-North Hall of Fame, but still really good showing. How do you feel about your show? Your I feel
1: I feel pretty OK. I think there's there's almost a poetic irony mm-hmm. to get the Lord of the Rings question wrong when I've been getting paid to deal with lord <laughs> of the rings for the past two months um but you know what, what can i say i've never watched any of the six movies seven movies so yeah
0: historically speaking that's their second ha- ha- like hardest category behind star trek yeah like star trek one. is oh yeah, i st- would not have gotten <laughs> star <laughs> trek <laughs> star trek is the one that mows everyone down if they randomly get that one that that one's yeah. the the beast so to speak yeah, but i believe that all right, so our second to last question—I um, told you we had three remaining—and that is, where can the good people find you, sir?
1: Um, I am on Twitter at StephanGalaxy93. I have uh, my TikTok, which is Indinova Official,
0: and I occasionally stream on Twitch uh, at Stephan Galaxy. All right, everyone, go check him out. The links to all those will be in the, the description of this episode. Definitely go give him a follow. Check him out. Support this man because he knows his stuff. Stefan, it has been a pleasure to be on this podcast with you, to have you on this, this show. I really enjoyed our conversation here. Before we go, my last final question is, if you had one video game recommendation that where you can give out to the audience, where you were like, man, if you don't do anything else but to play this game, what would that game be? I would say go play the Outer Wilds. Oh,
1: it's a space exploration game. I genuinely think it is one of the best video game experiences that a single person can have. Uh, and if it's not for you, I get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, everyone go check the Outer Wilds out. I thought you were going to say the Outer Worlds for a second. You know, like... you know I had to catch myself yeah. through,
1: through the processor on. I was like, don't get this one wrong. <laughs>
0: all right so Stefan thank you so much for being on the show everyone thank you so much for watching and or listening if you're listening on all the all the podcast services around the globe if you're watching on youtube.com thank you so much um thank you for all the support go support my boy Stefan right here he's absolutely killing it in the meanwhile I've been Sebastian that's been Stefan this has been the single player experience podcast and we're out peace everyone So that's a wrap for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Stefan for being on the show today. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers.